Welcome to Chit Chat with Hope and good evening. Tonight we're going to talk about choices, choices that we ourselves as parents with children with special needs and of course um, this podcast is mainly about children with autism. So as parents we have to come across as being very firm in our stand and um, we got to understand that firmness is completely different from being rude. So I'm going to get right into um, making choices. Meeting, you know, going to meeting, attending meeting, or even calling for a meeting is a very much um, a, a large part of who we are as parents with children with autism. We're constantly going to meetings or we're constantly asking to be met with PTOT or principal, teacher. It's just part of our life. I want you to understand that each meeting that you attend, you have a choice. And that choice is whether you're going to be an active participant or you're going to be a spectator. And it is a choice. You have to know the difference. A participant is someone that is going to bring to the table, question what's at the table, and take out what it benefits them, or I would say benefit your child from that table. So you're going to listen to what everyone have to say, and you're going to make sure that everyone listens to what you have to say. You're going to learn to agree to disagree when it benefits your child. It's a choice. It's always going to be a choice. Being an advocate is something that we constantly need to improve on because an advocate is more than saying the word and think you're it. An advocate is a person that is exactly what they say, which if you're an advocate, you have to be educated on what you're going to speak about. It's a choice. The choice is you can walk in the meeting and say, I'm an advocate for my child. And you really don't even understand what is going on in the meeting. Signing papers that you're not truly understanding. Not understanding that you have a right to take this paper home and have someone else explain it to you. Because again, not everyone's sitting at the table will be um, giving you exactly what it means. You know, they're going to be thinking of the benefit of the school or the benefit of the insurance. So you need to, if you're going to say that you're an advocate, you need to be very, very involved in finding answers. And not only finding answers from the people that you're trying to get service from, because the people that you're trying to get service from might not be giving you the answers that you might want as a parent. They might be giving you the answers that is good for the company, is good for the insurance, is good for the service. So you need to be very educated when you state the word that I am an advocate. And again, it's a choice. It's a choice that you as parent or parents have to make. I've always decided that 
I'm going to go to workshops. I'm going to read. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm going to do all of that because I don't feel in my heart that I can meet with someone half an hour before a meeting and tell them everything about my son and be comfy, you know, sit there, you know, so reassuring that this person's going to come across and be everything that I know I can for my own child. So I've always been my own child's advocate. Not to say everyone can or everyone should, but I feel that as a parent, no one will ever know your child the way you do. Everyone will know bits and pieces of your child. OT will know how strong your child is getting. PT will know how the upper strength is getting. The teacher may know that little part of what they do in the classroom. The gym teacher, all of these people may know pieces of. The doctor may know medically what, you know, what the medication is doing and what it can do and to reduce and increase and all of that. But overall, you will know everything about your child because that's your child. You spend time with your child that's just your child so I've always think the choice to go as far as advocacy is to learn to be one for yourself and your child and it's, it's a choice it really is a choice because if you're going to become an advocate you need to know all the laws that benefit you and your child you need to know everything about PT you need to know everything about OT. You need to know everything about whatever you're saying that you're going to sit in a meeting and be an advocate for. An advocate is someone's voice. You're a lawyer. A lawyer cannot walk into the courthouse and not know the words that the judge is speaking or the words that the other lawyers are going to be talking about. So you have to learn the meaning of words which means that you're going to have to start learning the language of PT. What, what this means, what that means. Which means that when you walk into any meeting, you are speaking their language, understanding what they're saying and giving it right back. Which means that you're going to have certain, um, you're, going to, you're going to assert yourself to be respected. Because they're going to know that this person know what they're talking about. It's a choice to sit in a meeting and have bunches of pa bunch of papers being sent your way versus a choice of saying, I want you to explain what is on this paper and explain it to me in a way that I'm going to understand. And not only, not only after you understand what's on the paper and you have, you know, you have looked it over yourself, what you're going to do is you're going to ask for a copy of that paper because you're going to take it home. Don't ever sign anything that you're unsure of and not ask for a copy to take home. Don't do that. It has not, it's, that's your child. You, you have a right to any type of copies or amount of copies that you want. So even if it's explained to you and it's explained in a way that, you know, you need to sign it right now, then you need to make a copy of whatever I'm signing and give it to me right now. It shouldn't be a problem. I'm this child's mother. I'm this child's parent. It shouldn't be a problem. So I am going to sign it because I've read it. I understand it. And I've 
um, and you have also explained the benefit of it, and I'm going to sign it. But it's your choice to ask for a copy. It's your choice to ask for an, a copy to keep in your personal self, to keep in your file when you get home. When it comes to another choice that I think um, a lot of parents get lost in sometimes is the environment that they think that their child um, might grow better in or might do better in. As parents, we want the best for our children at every level, every minute, every time, all the time. However, we as parents, and when I say we or whatever I say, you know, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from my heart and I'm speaking for myself. We need to understand that children cannot grow in an environment that is not set up for them to grow in. Meaning that if your child needs to be in a class where there's four kids, four children, that's where your child needs to be. It might be the journey that you didn't want. You know, that you wanted to your child to go into that nice school into your neighborhood at, or the nice school across town or wherever. And now it's time for kindergarten and your child needs to be in special education and it's not in that nice school that you I've always dreamt of the school that you walk past, the school that all the ladies in your neighborhood, all the moms in your neighborhood, that's where their children go. This is the school you wanted. However, it's not the school that your child is going to grow in. Not saying that your child can't go because um, you're the parent. If you want if you made a decision, a choice, that this is where you would like your child to go um, and that school might have special education um, classes, however, they do not have a class where the number is as low as four students in the room, they, have, they might have a class where there's 12. Um, please do not let your pride or your need become a barrier for your child. I'm going to say that again. That beautiful school that you dreamt of when you first got pregnant or the you know that dream that you had when I have a child, you know, this is where I want my child to go. You know, everyone's child went there and it's a beautiful school. You look at the rating on the computer or the iPod, whatever, and it's just, it's just the best school in the entire world because, you know, that's your neighborhood and it might very well be the best school. However, I would like you to always make that choice thinking of the best environment my child can grow in. Don't just look at where you always wanted your child to be. Look at where your child need to be. We have to learn to make choices that are beneficially to our kids, not choices that what we would have liked. Because 
once you have a child with any kind of disability, it's not going to be what you like. That should be taken off the table. It should, have all, it should always be what is best, what may benefit, what can benefit, what we need to try. So if your child live in your neighborhood and the special education classes in your neighborhood, their number is 12. You know, 12 child in a classroom. If your child, after leaving early intervention or after leaving daycare or, you know, maybe the child didn't go to school at all. child was at a babysitter. But after the child have gotten evaluated because maybe you or the pediatrician have decided that the child was not making or meeting the milestone as per that child's peers. And they came up with a number that maybe your child would do better in a classroom of four students. That is the choice. And as parents, you have that choice to either decide that you're going to put the child in that school that you've always wanted that child to go, where maybe his siblings have went, or you know, maybe your cousin's children or your friend's children. It's, it's a choice. But I'm going to honestly tell you, a child cannot grow in a place that is not set up for growth. Again, a child cannot grow in an environment that is not set up for growth. The only thing that's going to happen is your child is going to be in a school that you fantasize about and now the child is there. So, as parents, we're constantly making choices. But the choices should always be filled with benefits. Always be filled with benefits. Because I'm going to be honest with you, most children that are in an environment that is the environment that they should be in, they, they always do better. And I'm going to give, you know, I like to give a synopsis or, or a little experience of, you know, of mine personally. You know, I just want you to know that I'm not just saying things because, you know, I want it to sound good or I'm not saying things, you know, because or just because or because. My son, when um, I, I had explained to some of my friends that, you know, after early intervention, um, the decision was that... Um, he was supposed to go to special education. A lot of my friends were like, well, you shouldn't put him there. You know, um, it's not good. He's going to be labeled and labeled this and labeled that. And I'm going to be honest. The only label my child have is the name that's on his birth paper. And we and as parents, me and his father gave him that name. That's, that's his name. That's the name. That's his label. When he hears his name, he, he bounces up and he knows him. I'm never going to put how I feel or what I want above what my child needs. And um, I put him in special education class. I didn't force it because I knew <laughs> he wasn't ready for that. And I accepted it. Instead of being mad that he had to go to special education class, I looked at it and I said, well... It's 12 kids in this class. It's almost as if it's a private school all to itself within a school. And that's where we stayed. My son grew 
in that environment because that environment was a place for growth. That's where he needed to be at that time. There. After he was there and he was doing exceptionally well, especially when he hit second grade, exceptionally well. Had a wonderful teacher. They had wonderful teachers, but he had a wonderful teacher. And he was doing very well in math, and he was just doing marvelous, amazing. And um, I went to a IEP meeting, and some of the people sitting there were saying, they were suggesting, well, maybe he should go in general education class, and maybe he should go, and maybe, and maybe, and maybe he would do well. And even though it sounded really nice that he had made all this improvement compared to where he was, in my heart, I still knew he didn't belong in a place that was going to be set up for him to fail. He was doing wonderful in his environment in the special education class. I knew he was not ready, even though some of the team thought he was ready and I should just sign him off and, you know, put him in there. And I knew in my heart that was not the environment. So my choice at that particular meeting was to leave him where he belonged because he was excelling. And that's all you want for your children is for them to excel. doesn't matter where they're excelling. Improvement is improvement no matter where or how it is being done. I knew. So the decision that we made was that because he was doing as well as his peers in general education, was that he would get all the work that's being done in a general education class with accommodation, which mean that slowly he was going to arrive at doing what his peers in general ed was doing eventually, but we were going to start out slowly. And we found out that he could handle it. So it kept, so within that year, that particular teacher, she kept moving the line. <laughs> she kept moving the line. She kept moving the line. She was never going by his IEP. And I mean, I know some people are stickler for IEP, must be followed. But she had explained to me, she said, you know, I am with him. And I see that he can do much more than what we thought. So within this environment right here, special education class right here, they had two groups in there. It was the second grade and the third grade. So even though it was 12 kids, it was six kids that were, you know, students that were in the third grade and six that were in the second grade. However, at some point, the group used to be together because even though some were good at math, that was in the third grade. They weren't good at, at something else, so they had to sit with the second grade. So it was that the kids were either um, at some point on that level of a second grade and on the level of a third grade. However, the teacher told me that my son would be sitting with the third graders for math as well as reading. And then he would go back to his group for the other classes for the other, you know, curriculum. And that was fine with me. Eventually, my son started spending more time with the third grade. And that particular group was getting the same homework. 
He was reading the same book. However, his counterpart in general education class might finish reading the first chapter that week. He would get two weeks to read the chapter. However, he was doing the same homework, the same, the same, the same. I was fortunate that being that this particular class had second and third, so he didn't have to move. Again, he had this amazing teacher. Still. And she did, she carried on the same thing. She, would kept, she kept moving the line. Whatever she saw that he could do better at, or he was more, you know, strong, he was getting strong in a particular area, she, would kept, she kept moving the line. You know, if he was supposed to do um, addition, and she sat with him, and she saw that he was doing subtraction, she would add that to it, even though it wasn't a part of the IEP. So what I'm saying is, make a choice where you want your child to be, and don't make the choice on how you feel they should be, or how you feel, or how, you know, how your heart is telling you, what your heart is telling you. You know, emotion. Don't, don't go on your emotion. Don't be emotional when you're choosing the environment your child will do better in. Because your child needs a choice, and that choice should always be where that child will grow. I know that um, for a lot of um, a lot of parents, um, you know, being in, you know, they want and you know to be included, you know, included, included in everything. And for me, I'm not gonna say it's bad, and I'm and and like I said, everyone have a choice. But for me, I personally think that um, that as parents, we have to have our own IEP within our you know within our soul within our heart and we have to look at our children and we have to be honest because to love a child and to love that child totally it means that we have to love everything about that child their weakness their strength the things that we have to admit that you know they're not where they should be but be happy that they're not where they was we have to be honest we have to be honest. So for me, I have decided a long time within myself that my son would not leave special education class until middle school. And why I made that choice was he was going to leave a class of 12 to go in a class of 36. He would have been lost. I had a child that was in special education class that was making honor roll. Took the state test in the third grade. The only difference between his peers and him, he got extra time and he had to be sit he 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 was taken out of that class and he was putting in a he was put in a quieter environment by himself and an adult. However, he passed all his state tests. Still in special education, but he, he took the state test as his peers did in general education. And I'm quite sure not all the kids did well in general education. 
And maybe even if they had gotten extra time, they still wouldn't have done well. But I kept him in that environment because that environment was nurturing. That environment gave him more time to do his work. It allows him to to um, to get support from the teacher more than he would of in a general education class. I know my son couldn't do well at all in a class of 36. It would be a struggle, and it would have been me setting him up for failure. So I was not interested in inclusion and for him to be moved to just to say he's in a special education class because I don't want to put him in a special education class and he's failing because as parents we want our children to do as well as they possibly can so I wasn't interested in that I went and I and I sat one morning when they had open um open class open rooms open school it was you know you got to go you know, you, you, you had someone escort you to different classes, even though you were still, your child was still in the school, but they was pushing for him to be in general ed. And I went and I saw um, a particular class and, you know, in, in, my, in my mind and, you know, in my soul, and I sat there and I said, this is wonderful. Wow. You know, I mean like 35 kids in the class. But I said, wow, you know, the kids had, you know, raised their hand if they understood. I mean, some of them were playing around, and, and but the kids were on point. They understood what they were doing. And, and I said to myself, I said, you know, hmm, I would have loved for my child to be in that class. But then I came back to reality, and I said, my child would not do well in this environment. Too many distractions. There were too many distractions in the class. He wouldn't have done well. So I decided he will stay there. Now, when he was ready for middle school, <clears throat> he knew how to he knew how to sit for state tests because I made him do everything and participate in every test he participate in every homework the same homework that his peers were doing so he had come accustomed to the workload so he became tolerant to what needed to be done but he was still in an environment that he was being supported so it didn't bother me that he was in special education classes because he was getting the same work. When he was ready for middle school, he knew how to do what he needed to do as far as a test. He knew he didn't become anxious or upset or anything because he's been doing this since second grade. You know, doing his little tests. And then third grade, from third grade, my son have never missed a state test. Because I wanted him to understand what it was like to sit for a test. So as parents, make choices on all the things that will benefit your child. Where your child will grow in, 
where your child would progress in, not where you would like your child to be or where his brothers went. Every child, regardless or not, if they have disability, have their own struggle. Always make the choice that would benefit your child. Another choice that I would like for all parents to make, and I had to learn this as well along the road, you know, the road within my son's journey and our journey together, was how to see success within, you know, you're sitting in a meeting, an IEP meeting, or you're sitting waiting for report cards and you see all these parents coming out with like, you know, I'm going to say with this big smile on their face and the teacher is just, you know, almost, you know, reading a poem how great that child is. I want you to understand that every child is different and every child is not your child. So let's look at progress. Your child now can retain what he learned last week and add it on to what he's being taught this week. That's progress. So he failed the test. Oh, well, he might have failed all the tests that he took for that particular chapter or that particular whatever. However, you've noticed that your child is now sitting down and doing homework. So see, we have to look at progress as progress, regardless of the outcome. Sometimes we get so caught up in, in the outcome that we want or we're looking for, we forget the progress that are being made or was made or eventually will be made. So make that choice to see all the little victories. You now have a child that you don't have to fight to do homework, even if they're not doing well in the class. But you can see that child is now eager to learn. That's progress. You notice that you're not getting those phone calls every five minutes at work. You have to pretend that you got a bladder problem running to the bathroom to speak to the, to the class, you know, to the teacher, to, to your child for him to behave himself. You know, you don't have to pretend that you need to go to the bathroom just to get privacy. You notice that those calls that you used to get are getting fewer and fewer. To some days, you don't even, you, 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 the, the call that you're anticipating that you're going to get, you don't even get that call. That's progress. So, okay, again, he didn't meet, he didn't get all the words on the spelling test. But this week, your child sat and tried his best. Usually, he wouldn't take the, the test, or he would give up before even the, 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 the test was completed. But this time, he's going to let you know when he get home that, you know, I, I did the whole thing. So, you know what it is? Don't worry about the mark that he got, the grade that he that, you know, that he didn't get or the grade that he did get. The progress that was made was your child now is sitting down, listening with his pencil and his pen, and he's actually trying to remember the words that you both have studied. That's progress. You're on your way to, you know, you're both on your way to something big. That's progress. We need to stop looking at progress as what we would like to see. We need to get a mindset 
you know, we need to make that choice to look at progress at every, every move the child makes. The child is sitting still in class. You're not getting any phone calls. So, okay, well, they're not doing that great academically, but they're making progress somewhere else. That's progress. He's meeting, he's meeting some of the milestones. He might not be doing all that great in English, but for some reason he likes the math teacher and he's doing great. Math might be the only thing that he's passing, but guess what? That's progress because last year he didn't pass anything at all. So we... As parents, we're going to have to make a choice to see progress the way um, the way no one else can see it, because that's our child, our children, and we want to see the best within them. But sometimes we have to put away what we would like it to be. We just got to put that away and make that choice that big choice of seeing progress wherever it is. Okay? Seeing progress wherever we can find it. The next thing that I would like to, to, um, to, to, um, to talk about tonight as far as choice. I know as parents, I'm including myself, <laughs> that... Um, that line, that line when someone is being honest to you. Mm. And you know what? You feel like you want to get upset, but deep in your heart you know they're telling you the truth. We're going to have to know that sometimes it's no nice way of saying the truth without it hurting or without it making you feel emotional some way or some type of a way. But would you rather a teacher lie to you or a doctor lie to you or a family member lie to you than for someone that really care about your child just honestly tell you the truth? And sometimes we have to make that choice that the truth is what we want to know because when we know what need to be tweaked, need to be fixed, or need to be excluded, that's when we really can help our children. So when someone, or if you, you know, your aunt, your grandmother, your friend, all these different people are giving you all these different ideas and thoughts and, and what you should do, I'm just going to say the choice that I've made. My son is 15, and I, I'm not sure if anyone um, listening to my voice is, is, is like a new mom that just found out that the child have a disability, autism, or any disability, um, and you have not really got to that point where um, your, comfort, your comfort zone is just making choices that even though it's hurtful and it, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't give you that warm, fuzzy feeling, like you know, your 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 friend have pictures all over Facebook with you know with you know on a roll and you know child is great doing all these different things. You're gonna have to make that choice that when someone says something to you, pick out what you find that might benefit your thought or you can add to, and just let the rest roll off your back. 
I'm going to say that again. When someone tries to give you an advice or an idea, if there's anything in there that you can just pick aside and add to something, then do it. If not, learn to make that choice of it rolling off your back because I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be a more bumpy ride than someone trying to give you an advice. So you're going to have to make peace where there's no peace just to save that energy that you need for your child and yourself. So as we journey, because that's what we're doing, no matter what we want or what we think we can get, but the journey is your child. Your child's journey. You're just a mere passenger, but you're not passive. You're a participant. You're going you're gonna to participate in everything that's concerning your child. But we have to understand that we're going to make that choice of who is allowed to upset us. Because if everyone is going to upset you in this journey, you're not going to be able to cope with a lot more that might be coming. So learn to make that choice of you can hear, but you don't necessarily have to listen. Learn to filter out stuff. Learn to filter out stuff. Learn to filter out negativity. Learn to get the mindset of making choices that I'll sh- my, me and my child will show you. And even if no one see what you're seeing, it's fine. Learn to make the choice of filtering out what, is, what can benefit you and what don't. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't, you're going to be hurt all the time. And being hurt all the time, that's an energy that, that that's like a, a, a bad energy. And, you know, it's an energy that you don't want to hold on to. You know, because this journey is a bumpy journey. And you don't, you don't want to be an angry passenger. Because the driver, which is your child, is going to feel it. They're going to know. You know, they're going to know when you're not all there with them. So learn in your own way how to filter out things that are negative. Learn how to filter out people that are not positive. Okay? So that's two things. Learn to filter out what people say or do that have no place in your life. And learn to filter in or keep what is good. Learn, learn that if you don't learn how to make any other choice, learn to filter out negative people and negative statements. Because I'm going to be honest with you, there are more to come. And if you don't know how to filter it, how, how to filter all these things out, what's going to happen is you're going to be very angry. And we all know that when we are very angry, we don't make a lot of good choices. And by not making a lot of good choices, we regret a lot. We, we will, you know, things that we, that we choose to say or choose to do will keep people away from us. So make choices to not be 
caught up in what people are saying. The next thing that I want to say as far as choice is we got to remember some people come in your life and they will remain in your life forever. You know, they're like they're like that mountain that won't move. Some people come in your life and you're friends with them until you can no longer do the things that you used to do with them because now you have a child with disability and those friends, um, those are the friends that might limit the time they spend with you, if not just leave your life completely. Because now, you know, your interaction with them is limited. So again, there are going to be people that come in your life. Make that choice that the people that come in your life that are mountains, make the choice to keep them. The choice, then there's the other people that will stay as good as things are good. You make that choice to let them go. But don't let them go where you're upset or you're feeling any kind of weird sense of you not being a part of their group. No, just let them go. Hold on to those, hold on to those mountains and those hills, those people that are there for you. And then there are going to be that small group of people that they're going to test you. And when I say they're going to test you, they're going to test your journey. They're going to test your walk. These are the ones that's going to always try to compare your child. These are the ones that's going to continue to call you and remind you of how wonderful their children are doing. But not in a positive way, but in a way for you to know that your child is not, you know, doing that great. Again, hold on to the mountains. Get rid of the sands. And we know how sands are, right? The minute the water comes on the shore, it brings the sand right back to the water. So that's what you're going to have to do. Learn to filter out the things that are not that great that now fit into. You have a life, a different life. When you have a child with, 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 um, with any kind of disability, your life changed somewhat. Hold on to the mountains, those people that, that are going to be there for you. Those people that are solid. The ones that are not that solid, you let them go. Let them go with no anger. Let them go with no malicious feeling in your heart. Just let them go because they no longer fit in your life. Some people are there for, for the ride. And these are the mountains and the hills. They are there forever. And then you have the sands. The water come and that's it. They're washed away. The rain come and they're washed away. So just make that choice that no matter how long you've been friends, if you see where this friendship is no longer benefiting you because you can't do the things that you used to do with this particular person, make that choice of letting it go. I know that um, it's very important to... Um, to keep the friends that we used to have prior before we have, um, you know, have our little humans, <laughs> little, our little babies, uh, you know, our children with disability, you know, these people were the best. But we saw the best in them because they were never a need in us. But when we have our children and that need appeared, in our life where um, 
I can't go here because, you know, my child can't be, you know, can't tolerate this or, you know, some children can't tolerate noises. Some children can't tolerate smell. But when you see a friend that won't bend to accommodate you as a friend, then you already know that person is not a mountain. So to get that, to leave that person out of your life or your space, you know, that's a sand. You know, that, that, that person's like sand. You know, when you go to the beach, the water comes in and it washes the sand and that sand now leaves and there's new sand. Don't hold on to people like that because the thing is when they leave your space, you're always going to feel empty. So make, you know, make that choice to know who are the mountains and the hills and need to be kept in your life. Even if it's just a small group, learn to not get upset. Make that choice. You know, I mean, I've read where some people said, you know, well, it upsets me when I look at pictures of other children doing, you know, excelling and doing different things. What I'm going to tell you is, I told you before, when my son was two, out of the blue, he became nonverbal, never spoke again till he was four. I'm going to tell you, I made a choice. And that choice was not to stop going to church, not to stop bringing him. What I did was I made that choice that I was going to dress him up. Yes, I was. And he was going to be noticed. Even if he was noticed, even if it was to notice that he was a toddler that was always dressed up and always looking cute, then that was it. If you see your friends putting pictures on Facebook, then you need to put up your pictures on Facebook too. Big deal. They didn't invite you to to a birthday party. Well, you know what? Your child had a birthday party. Well, you put up your picture. You didn't invite them either. So now you're equal. Now you're equal. You didn't invite them, and they didn't invite you. You didn't want to go because of how they treat you. Because, you know, your child wasn't included in a lot of different things. And the party that they kept, they didn't. they weren't concerned about certain things that would accommodate your child. Even though you are friends for forever, or you're, you know, you're a family, and and they choose to not make any kind of accommodation, accommodation for for your child. So you know what it is. Then that's not some place that you should be upset if you see it on Facebook or you see it anywhere else or you hear about it anywhere else because you know that that would not have been an environment that your child would have enjoyed. So make a choice on the things that you're going to find upsetting. Make that choice that, you know, I wouldn't have gone anyway. I wouldn't have accepted. I know it's nice to be invited, but it's nice to be invited by kind people. It's nice to be invited by people that really want you there. It's nice to be invited by people that want you to get, an, to get an invitation just for you to know they're having a party and they know you can't make it. So you have to choose your choices of people that are in and out of your life. Choose the one that belong there. Let go of friends or family or whoever you're holding on to or want to be a part of. Let go of them if they're not benefiting the choices that you now have to make because your life has been changed. 
by you now have to do what you need to do for your child. I want you to know that whatever choice you make, learn to stand in that choice if it's concerning your child or benefiting your child. Learn to stand in it. Learn to stand in it. Make choices where, you know what? Everybody's putting up the first day of school. Put up the first day of school for your child. Doesn't matter what school your child goes, still school. Put up a picture of your child too. You had a dinner in your house or you cook a particular thing, you put it up. Make a choice to be proud of everything about how you how everything in your life is. I I do that constantly. I remind myself constantly of my choices that I make. Our choices that I make. I'm on a journey. You know, I'm on a journey. You know, my 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 journey is 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 different because um in all the years that my son have ever um, had teachers, I've only had one that for some reason she wanted to undo everything that the other teachers that had done that was positive. But I've always had wonderful teachers and everyone have always been wonderful. It's just have been just one person on my journey with my son that was just impossible and was just, she was, that was what you'd call a sand. But every other teacher or every other person that I've ever met within a school, they've always been positive. Again, I've made that choice not to be hateful towards all teachers or to think that, well, one teacher did this, so the other teacher is going to do that. I don't do that. I make a choice to greet and treat people as individual. So what I want you to do is, as all parents need to do is, just make choices every day and make good, positive choice. Even if it's not the choice that you'd have wanted to make, but if, it, if it's a choice that benefits your child, educationally, like I said, choose an environment that is always going to be beneficial for your child, the one that your child is going to grow best in. If it's a class with four, if it's a class with two, if it's a class with six, if it's a class with four, don't push for general education class because I know it's where we all want to be. Everyone wants that. But not everyone belongs there. But everybody wants that. But not everybody belongs there. What I want you to do is, I want you to understand the IEP that Board of Education say that your child need. But I want you, as parent, I do it, have an IEP for yourself. Have a home IEP. You know, as you, have one for yourself. When you go to these meetings, you tell what your child is doing at home. You know, you can add that to it, what your child is doing at home. You know, always, always, always make choices that is going to be benefiting your child's journey. When you're going to advocate, please, 
research on the topics, ask for the agenda, sit and read and look up the words and understand exactly what you are going up against in every meeting that you attend. Going to a meeting and yelling and carrying on and all of that do do not make us advocate. It makes us loud. So what I'm saying is make that choice where every time that you meet with an educator or a specialist, they get the impression that, you know, this parent is different. Because we already know that there's a lot of people that are working because they have to work. And there's a lot of people that are working, they have to work, but they still enjoy their job. So we're going to always have to make that choice to know which one of these people we're dealing with and group them as such. Group them as such. But you can't lump, you can't make a choice where you're going to want something and not looking at the benefit that you might not get compared to something that you don't want, but that's what you real, your child really need. I want us as parents with special needs children to start, if you, I'm not saying everyone does it, but when you're green, and when I say green, when you're a new parent, the hope and the dream that you have for the present, it overwhelms what really needs to be done to a point. I'm not saying that you shouldn't keep hope because I live, I live on hope and faith. I'm not saying that the choice that you make now is going to be the same choice that you'll be making two years from now. But what I'm saying is whenever you're making any choice concerning your child, it's always going to be looked at as the pro and the cons. And you need to see when you, when you write things down, because sometimes when we think of things in our head, it's always better than what it really is. You need to write down everything that you're going to do. Write it down and look, look be, be honest with your, um, with your choices. Be honest. And you look, the benefit versus. Because when we move our children out of environment that they really belong, they will go back instead of forward. So, I mean, I know that being included in everything, but being included in everything don't really mean that your child is benefiting from what they're being included in. Sometimes it's us as parents that want them to be included. So, um, I've always made this choice where... um, my son take, um, still gets PT, and um, I'm thankful that because of all these years of him getting um, PT, that it's not noticeable that um, if I didn't tell you and you saw him walking, running, and all of that other stuff, you really wouldn't notice it unless you were a professional. And a professional mean, you know, a, a, um, 
a physical therapist, you know, that could actually, you know, look at someone and just notice things. But the regular lay person like me or anyone else looking would never know that he's still getting PT. And um, I've let him understand the fact that, you know, the fact that you get PT, um, sports is off limit. I'm not going to say if he wants to bounce the ball in the park and he's with, you know, his cousins or whatever and he's bouncing a ball. I'm not saying that's not, you know, that's that's off the book. But I'm not going to force um, the gym teacher to put him on a team and, and let him fall and undo all this work that we've been doing for all these years in PT. That's my choice. And I'm not going to ask them to, to put him on, on, on the team or, or put him somewhere that he's going to get hurt because children are children and they're going to get excited and somebody's going to get excited and my child is going to be on the floor and my child is going to get hurt. So the choice that I've made, and as he got older, I didn't even have to make the choice for him anymore. He made that choice himself. So here we go. He's in high school. He was, he was in middle school. And of course, you have to um, <laughs> you have to take an elective and usually sports, music and all of these good stuff. And he decided that he came home and I, and I said, well, you know, you spoke to your counselor. He said, yeah, I spoke to my counselor. I said, well, what is your elective? And he said, well, I decided to be in the book club because I love to read. And the book club that we're going to go and we're going to um, go to Broadway shows on different books that we um, that we read. So it's going to be out of all the books that we read, um, we're going to choose and we're going to go to three of the three Broadway shows out of those books. And we're going to go out to eat as a small group. He said in the group, it's only 10 kids because um, a lot of, you know, it's, it's middle school. Most of the kids want to be in sports or music or dancing and all of that stuff. And he decided that he wanted to be in the book club. That was fine. His brother was on the football team. His brother won tons of trophies, championship. I'm not going to use that and, and, and figure, well, you know, he's pretty tall for his age, big guy. I'm not going to push him and be like, you know, well, you know, you should do something more active. I know in my heart that he can't. And if he tried to, it's a possibility that he might get hurt. So, you know what? It's fine. He's good with numbers. He's good with the with the camera and the video camera. You know what it is? If, if that's part of being on a team where you want somebody to video, then that's your guy. If you want someone to keep scores or what have you, that's your guy. My son is not, not going to be on the team. And I'm okay with that. It's a choice. I'm okay with that. I don't want the, 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 the coach to, to tell anyone not to hit him too hard or, 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 or run, run around him because, you know, you know, he's like, he's an egg and he might break. No. No. Because that's taken away, in my opinion, from the other children. So we can't do football. We can't do a lot of things. But we can do a lot of other things. You know, like I, I like I said, you know, the, I I became a fixture when it came to when it come to um, going on trips. I, I would take um, personal day, vacation day, and I would go on trips because I I just wanted to see how he was socially and just wanted to be part of his day because as a full time, you know, when you work full time, you don't really 
you can't be as involved as a parent that might not work or might work later on in the in the evening. And I remember I said to, you know, the kids were so active. We went at a particular place and the kids were so active and my son was sitting down and he was watching and I, and I, I went over to him and I said, um, does it bother you? And he said, no, it doesn't bother me. I'm not, I don't want to fall. And I said, you know, well, hey, that's a good, you know, that's okay. I just want to know if you are okay. He's like, I'm okay, I'm fine. So I was talking to his teacher and I said, boy, mm, you know, I wish you was a little bit more social because these kids are, you know, jumping and they're all over the place. And he said, and, 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 I, and I will never forget what his teacher told me. She said, oh yeah, they're very social. And um, yeah, they're all swinging and they're all, you know, they were like engrossed in the activity that was being done. We were um, at a an activity park and that they were doing so many different things that it almost seemed as if the trip wasn't for my son. However, I spoke to my son, and he let me know that he was enjoying himself. He said, I was walking around, I was looking at things. He said, I went into the water, the pool over there, and he was just showing me a picture of his enjoyment. And um, let me get back to, um, and I was talking to his teacher, and I said, boy, mm, you know, these kids, you know, they're, they're, wow, they're really enjoying themselves, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing this and I said you know I, I wish he would want to do you know I was picking out little things that I think he could safely do again wrong he already made a choice what he was safe in participating I didn't say it to him but I was just saying it to her you know as I was looking at his peers and you know and they was just they were doing great stuff <laughs> and um and I said, okay. And I was talking to her, and she said, yeah, well, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, they're all jumping, and they're all flipping, and they're all involved in everything here. And it's fun. But as she said, I wish you had another day when we weren't at this wonderful amusement park. And I looked at her, and I said, huh? She said, Yeah. I would love for you to peek through the window when we're doing math. And there's an activity that you'll see that your son does. And I said, what? She says his hands are constantly up. He's constantly either asking or answering questions. So she said, you know what it is? Leave him. She said, leave him. Don't worry about him. She said, he knows exactly what he needs to do and what he has to do and what he can't do. So she said, you know, you have already planted your seed and don't go back and forth, just keep watering it. And I kept that in the back of my mind, that as long as my son is comfy in an environment where others are doing things and he did not consider himself limited because like she had to remind me that the choices that you have made, your son has adjusted himself to. Not to say that he won't arise to, you know, to an occasion, but she said he understand that if he climbs, you know, climb the rock, the wall, you know, that wall with the rocks and all of that. She said he he understand that if he climbs up there, that is a possibility that he can fall, and he choose not to do it. And that's okay. And she said, you know what it is? You have taught him 
to like himself and everything about himself. He knows his strength and he knows his weakness. Now, fast wine, all of that. Now, when he got into middle school, they went skiing. He went skiing. He did wonderful. He's in a charter school. They went away several times for the weekend, and I allowed him to go. So what I'm saying is the choices that I made by letting him understand things that he probably could participate in, but it probably wouldn't be safe. He have accepted that and was okay with it. So he, on his own, decided what was okay for him to do. That's a choice. So I've, I've set him up now that when I'm not there, that he can make safe choices on being safe. So all I'm saying is teach your children to make choices, not the choices that all their peers are doing or what they, what everyone else is doing. Teach them to make choices based on what they can do. And by you doing that a little bit and a little bit and a little bit at a time, you would have grown yourself because then when you see other people's children or children within the family doing different things, then that's okay. Because you already know that your child is exceptional in other in other things. I mean, my son can't pull out a math book and decide to do math in the middle of a park and anyone is going to be excited about it. So the kids that are able to flip and jump and all of that, that's their moment. You know, like the teacher told me. She said, that's their moment. Your child moment, you know, is in the math class, the science class, the history class. Because as you know, that's where he that's where he's that's where his strength is. His strength is not in the physical area where he's gonna basketball and jump and do all of these stuff. He he can jump and he can do all of this, but competitive sports um may not be something that is in his future. I don't know if it's forever. Or what have you, you know, but I've I'm okay with it and my son is okay with it. But that but when we make choices and we're and we're okay with it, our children become okay with it. And then as they get older, they will challenge their own self. But at the same time, they're okay with that choice because it's like a seed that you've planted. They see that you're okay with it. They see that they're perfect the way they are. And the only limit they have is the fact that they might get hurt. And no one wants to be hurt. You, me, no one. So what I'm saying is tonight, as I um, get ready to end this podcast, I want all of us, including myself, because when I'm saying anything, I'm including me in it too. When we're making any kind of choices... We always have to remember that we are a mere passenger, an advocate. You know, we are not in the driver's seat of this 
disability. We are a passenger, an active passenger. But the person that's driving is the person that is your child. So you're always going to make choice that's going to benefit that child. Not your feelings, not your pride, not an emotional choice, but a choice that's beneficial. I'm going to leave tonight by saying I am so thankful for anyone that's listening to my voice. I am hoping that what I say and my little tips that I make here and there, I am hoping that it might comfort someone's heart if that's what you're doing. And if it's not what you're doing, it might be something that you might be willing to try. But you're never alone in the way you feel in how you might come across and, you know, like being very protective. But when your child cannot do a lot of the active things that other children can do or they're, um, they're involved in, um, they're, they're, they're taking some kind of service and that service that they're taking, like I said, my son with PT, he's not going to be able to jump and flip and all of that because that's going to undo um, years of work. You know, we don't want to go back to where we were. You know, we're good at, you know, our present and, you know, and future of what we're continually doing, you know, what we're doing. But what I'm saying is make your children choices that they'll become very comfortable in their own skin. You know, if you have a child that... Um, that needs a walker, you you know, may, even though it might be killing you, let it kill you in the shower, away from this child. But the choice that you're going to always make is to be very comfy wherever your child is. Educationally, physically, however, you know, make that choice because we're not, we're not, our, our children are not going to stay you know, babies or toddlers or, you know, young people forever. At some point, they become adults. And regardless of what, we need to let them know that they're unique and they're beautiful. But the choice that we have to make is we have to be proactive and we have to mean it. So, and as, and as far as the advocate part that we spoke about is, I want you to become so concerned about everything that you're going to meet with anyone that has called a meeting or you yourself have called a meeting. So if it's going to be your doctor and he's going to be using all these wonderful words, you need to um, you need to ask him to spell it for you. And you need to take out your phone and you need to get on your phone. And, I'm, and, and somewhere in the middle of that meeting, he's going to be annoyed that you're looking at phones and asking him to spell words. And he's going to get the point. And the point that he's going to get, that everyone in a meeting will get, is they need to stop pretending that they think you're a doctor. You might know enough, but you're not a doctor or you're not a principal or you're not a PT person or whatever. So at at the end of the day, the choice that you make to make someone feel as uncomfortable, very uncomfortable in your present when they're doing things that or saying things that you're not understanding, take your phone out. Take your phone out. And they're going to know that they're going to have to come down and meet you at your level. And your level is going to be where the meeting is going to begin and, and it's also going to end. 
But as an advocate, you need to be able to speak up and speak up with a firm enough voice that people understand that you are not only in the room, you are very much a part of the meeting. So I'm going to again say um, every Thursday there'll be a new podcast and I continue to ask you to um, subscribe and also share and um, let's get as many um, parents that we can and hopefully soon in the future I'll do a live where we can um, see each other. But until then, um, have a wonderful weekend.